Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, we are going to be breaking down our specific nutrition protocol, and that's not a one-size-fits-all, but there are ways to manipulate things around. So we're going to give you our general principles and how we work with our clients and give you that full rundown on the nutrition side of things. But first, if you are a returning listener, you know the deal. We have a three-episode rule. If you are still listening to this podcast after three episodes, drop us a quick five-star review. Share us on social media. Write a quick blurb within that review if you'd like. The five-star is minimum it's greatly appreciated um, but if you got a ton of value screenshot it share it on social media tag us start the conversation this is all free everything we're doing here is free if you can expand our reach a little bit further because you got value not for no reason but because you got some value from this episode or from any other other episodes we are able to help more people and that is what we're trying to do here there is no obligation to this if you listen to our last episode you know we're putting out content putting out some free things in the future, useful tools, no obligation, specifically to help people. And then if you guys ever see that you need help, you want the personalized approach, you want an expert in your corner, you just think of us. You reach out to us and see if there's anything we can help you with. That's literally the only obligation within this. New listeners, you heard the deal, three episodes. Once you get to that third, you don't have to do it if it's your first, don't have to do it if it's your second. If you reach that third episode, you're still getting value from this podcast. Quick five-star review. Tag us. Share us. Whatever you think is, whatever feels right. Whatever feels right. But today's episode, we haven't really dove in too deep. on Well, the... we've touched on this a lot in small amounts through a lot of our episodes, right? We haven't made, at least I haven't found in the last year. I went to look for it the other day because somebody was asking... Um, we haven't made an actual full separate episode sharing our just our personal nutrition philosophy slash protocols that we implement in our lives that we educate our clients on. Um, so we're going to kind of just break down that for you today um, and you'll be able to take away hopefully a lot of little golden nuggets that you can start implementing in your own diet as soon as then right after you listen to this episode. So... I think the first and most important thing that I want you to know is that we don't necessarily label our nutrition. We don't call how we eat a certain name. We don't fit into a certain group as far as, you know, doing certain diets. We're not keto. We're not flexible dieting in the term that a lot of people think it is. We are not. That's why what we do is not sexy. We're not clean eaters yet, and that's why it's not exciting to say like, oh, I did keto and lost 40 pounds, and here's exactly what you have to do. Like, yes, that is very clean cut, but it's not something that is sustainable for most 99.9% of people for the rest of their life, and the way that we eat really is sustainable. It's how we've eaten for the last decade now. Um, and it's, it's evolved slightly over time, of course, but I would say the main principles have been pretty constant. So 
I guess let's kind of just start off with... Well, before we even dive into that specifically, from a general standpoint, our philosophy on health and fitness, building a healthy lifestyle is that if you can't maintain it for the rest of your life, you're wasting your time. And that's why clients come to us on this roller coaster is they go into these programs or these challenges with a short-term mindset, having no intention of continuing that protocol once they achieve their goal. You hit the goal, then it's going back to what they were doing before. So that is the exact opposite of what we do. We want to make sure you're seeing great results in the short term and ourselves personally. We want to feel good. We want to see great results right now, but only in a way that makes sense for that longer duration. Now, just because you haven't seen success doing X, Y, or Z, now I want to jump to that sexy thing like keto or the whole 30 or whatever. Understand that if you do not have any intention of doing that, not just for the next 30 days, not just for the next three months, the next six months, the next year, if you aren't going to do that for the next 75 years, don't even start. That is, that's the quick yes, no question. Am I going to do this for the rest of my life? If yes, try it. See if you feel good. See if, if you see benefits from it. If no, move the fuck on. Preach. Um, but I guess just starting off, we'll kind of start with, I guess, food quality. Um, Want to start there? Or would you rather start with the whole quantity side of things, I guess? No, we can go quality. So... Food quality, it's not the 80-20 rule. It's not even a percentage. It's the majority of your meals, the majority of the food that you consume should be nutrient-dense, optimally, ideally, whole food options. It is so difficult to sift through the bullshit today in regards to, you know, everything's everything's processed, just to, to be able to make it from farm to your counter. Like everything's processed in some way, shape, or form. It is very difficult to differentiate some of these quote-unquote healthy processed foods. What is healthy? What does that even mean? Versus, oh, we know that's junk food, quote-unquote. That's specifically junk food. The lines are so blurred and you're getting marketed, you know, this is healthy and this is organic and blah, 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 blah. And you look at the food label and it's got 13 grams of sugar added to it and it's a fruit bar. Like why are you adding sugar to a fruit bar? Why are you adding sugar to dried fucking fruit? It tastes like a fruit roll-up without the dried sugar, without the extra sugar you put on there. We've talked about this before. I think we've shared the story. We were at Costco shopping. We love dried mango. Love dried mango. Kai loves it. We love it. And we were, I think it was like, I don't know. We were just looking for dried mango. I picked up the bag. I thought it was our normal dried mango. And it just says, it says organic dried mango on it. And then you turn it around and you look at the actual label and it has something it was probably more than 13 grams it was of about added sugar 20 or 25 grams of added sugar to dried mango to fruit <laughs> so it's like and then right next to it was the kind that we usually get the regular dried mango with no added it was just dried mango so it you really have to be aware and intentional and yes, does it take extra effort and time going through the grocery store, looking at labels? It does. Unfo- it shouldn't because you can flip it around. And if it's more than three, four or five things on it, just put it back. And that's what's different, especially with stuff for your kids, like the kids snacks. This little dude is smiling and this little dude says this is healthy. And mommy said it's going to make me strong in this fucking stupid commercials. They are destro- like it's difficult enough as an adult, but all the bullshit they're selling you for your kids it's it's absolutely mind-blowing and we have a full episode on your child's health is your responsibility and this is a huge part of that and it's really 
I don't even fault you for not knowing, but that's why we're doing what we're doing. So you become aware through awareness. We create change. That's our mantra over here, but it's difficult enough as adults, but they are fucking blasting you through your kids with the fucking senseless shit they're putting on the shelves. We've tried really hard, like going down the snack aisle. We've tried so hard to find snacks that Kai will eat and that, you know, are good for him. That we approve of. And it's, it's nearly impossible. I will say that it is nearly impossible to find those things. So, you know, when we, again, we have the whole episode on this, I won't go too far into it, but you know, we're, we're, raising him with the same intentions and the same awareness and the same, um, really the same diet that we eat because that's what makes us feel our best. So why should his be any different? Anyway, end rant. Not not end rant. Another asterisk on that. My dogs, my dogs follow the same philosophies. I now make their food because the dog, like they eat kibble. Like (laughs) we won't go into this too far, but dog food, you're, you're feeding them dried cereal with you know, vitamins added to it. So I started cooking their food. They get a lean, uh, organic meat, veggies mixed up in there. They eat more fiber than most of America does and on a daily basis. And all we need basis. to say about that is I will, if you're watching this, or I'll make this a reel for you, um, insert a picture of cows before and after here, and it speaks for itself. Like, he is a puppy again. He like... <laughs> Everybody he was never humpy. He was us. always sleep. He's humping the shit out of Kona all the time, which is funny and annoying, but his vitality is back since we did this. He's been on it. It's been close to a year at this point. He's a lean machine. He's got energy again. And if he doesn't live until 40, I'm going to break down. But everybody asks, you know, what did you do for Cal? Like he looks great. How'd you get him to lose weight? And it's been most 95% the, his diet, the, the food change. It's not because, even just the weight. It's his coat. It's everything. But you know, we have, he hasn't, we haven't added in extra walks or extra exercise. He's gotten more active as a result of losing the weight, but that wasn't the first thing that we did. And it's just really cool to see how much that has impacted him. Anyway, this isn't even really a tangent. This is ingraining that this is our philosophy. It's not just a fad that we're doing. This is our lifestyle and it's our children's lifestyle. And it is our, our puppies, our fur babies lifestyle. Everything we do, we fully believe in, and we've seen the result from that. So when we say, you know, just be careful, and this isn't just a random fear-mongering, taking a video, walking down the grocery store, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit. But a lot of that's true. A lot of that shit is so bad for our kids, and it's the first thing we throw in there because it's quick and easy, and it says it's healthy, even though it's not. So we have become aware of that. We are spreading the awareness of that. And for Kai, you know, we found some basics that he really enjoys, and, um, you know, when we want to do special treats, we do. On occasion, we do. It's it's in moderation. And moderation isn't every other night. It's not, you know, a few days a week. It's usually once a week. We'll have you know, ice cream or s'mores or whatever. Let him be a kid. Let him enjoy that. We can do that. We can afford to do that and not worry about his long-term health because the rest of the week and everything else, all of his meals are coming from nutrient-dense sources, primarily whole food sources. And we will create our own snacks and you know we've been looking for even granola you can't find granola at the store that's not loaded with added sugar so we're looking up recipes as far as what you can do for the homemade granola and my aunt makes these they're not the super healthiest but there's modifications you can make to it but these delicious not granola bars kind of like a breakfast cookie breakfast little breakfast bar breakfast cookie Um, but there's better ways to do that more that one's delicious we can probably scale it back a little bit and uh, just make sure it's 
I don't, I don't no, you know. No, I think it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty, good. pretty good. It's not. She doesn't do sugar or anything. So right, then it's golden. Then you can roll with that, and it's delicious. But things like that, like we'll come up with our own desserts, and we started doing, um, you know, melted dark chocolate, and not like the borderline milk chocolate, but like, like eighty, close to eighty percent cacao, um, melting those on bananas or on some other fruit, some frozen fruit, even just eating frozen fruit plain. Like we've learned to love that, and as you. Really focus on these nutrient dense, on these whole food sources, fruit and things that are naturally sweet, genuinely satisfy your, your sweet tooth. Like that, you want dessert? We'll have a bowl of a fruit salad. Like, and those things are delicious to us. Or a frozen banana. Those things taste that good. Again, occasionally, yeah, we're enjoying the normal things, but quote unquote normal has shifted so far down this paradigm that it's it's non-distinguishable from what it used to be. And it's just... There is a reason our country is where it is in regards to everyone dealing with something, whether it's mental health, which yes, food affects, whether it is, you know, just general physical ailments, low energy, low testosterone, not sleeping well, all the way through full blown comorbidities, diabetes, heart disease, all the things you're very aware of that people are suffering from from a very young age. We live in the richest economy in the world and our healthcare system sucks and our health sucks. Why is that? Because we are marketed a bunch of bullshit and we are sold a bunch of bullshit and no one's actually looking out for our health and the things that actually make the most sense for us in the long term. So that is why we're here. That is our whole food rant. Well, to sum it up, I think just to clarify, you know, we focus on whole single ingredient food sources most of the time. And when if you're totally new to learning about nutrition, what that means is, you know, lean meats, fruits, veggies, um, you know, whole grains, legumes, everything that essentially you can think of that sounds really simple is what we eat most of the time. And I went on a little tangent on Instagram this past week and we created a new little hashtag called it's hashtag basic not boring and it's just me sharing our meals that are very very simple they are very basic but they're freaking delicious they are not boring and I think so many people still think of healthy food as super bland and super boring and it just doesn't taste good but if your healthy food does not taste good it's not because it can't. It's because you just haven't allowed it to. So, you know, not being afraid of things like sp- different spices, seasonings, sauces. Olive um, oil is your best friend. Olive oil. Just learning how to cook with these things will make your food taste so much better. And we will share more of that. Um, but even this, some I was talking with somebody in the DMs too, saying how influencers are now, some fitness influencers are now, shaming people for using spices and herbs and sauces on their foods because it's it's not healthy um which is just i don't even understand it to be honest um i think it it probably stems back to the bodybuilding culture of people who are training for a bodybuilding show and like tracking every spice and every single thing that goes in their body which is not what we are about either um, but you know, I think those people fear things like olive oil because it has extra calories and it adds extra fats to your food. When in reality, like, I think it's just backwards, right? So I think that the flexible dieting mindset is 
let me eat as healthy, aka as bland and simple as possible so I can fit in these higher carbon fat sweet treats later to satisfy my needs. When in reality, if you use your fats from your fat macros for the day for things like olive oil to season your main meals better, you're going to be more satisfied and you won't you honestly won't want the other stuff and you, you your food will actually taste good. So I think there's still so much I don't even know what to call it. Well, but. I'm going to I'm going to jump in just cuz I'm not going to let what you just said go. I have not seen that um, but I will say if you are following anyone who tells you not to eat herbs and spices because they're unhealthy, unfollow them immediately because they're a dumb fuck. They're, they're using this next flashy trend of let's exclude this to get your views. I don't even think it's a views. new trend. I think it's just back to like like bodybuilding culture. I don't know. I mean, they talk about salt and eating around show. So I literally have no idea what you're talking about, so I can't elaborate. But if you're seeing that, they're a stupid fuck and remove them from your feed. <laughs> um. By bodybuilding body culture, you probably wouldn't see it because it's probably more of like the bikini competitors. That that was a thing when I did bikini You're not talking about salt. You're talking about spices. I'm not talking about salt. I'm talking about just like people are scared to use like salsa or different types of sauces with like if they're cooking chicken, they won't use barbecue sauce because it has calories or anything that has a substantial amount of calories, they will not use because it has calories. That's one thing. Herbs and spices is an entirely different conversation. Well, I disagree. Part of making your foods taste good is understanding that if it adds 50 calories and it tastes better, that's probably a better option than trying to save those 50 calories to have a to go towards your ice cream at the end of the day. I'm not debating. I'm, I'm not debating that. I'm saying if someone is two days from a show and they're avoiding barbecue sauce, okay. Right, but normal people who are following them are not seeing the context. Yes. So context matters. Um, but, you know, again, we're focused on these whole food sources, on making our foods taste good, on keeping it simple. And the other perk of keeping your nutrition and what you eat very simple is that we're not spending hours cooking our food and it doesn't feel like a chore. And it is something that, you know, we can throw together for dinner if we're, you know, running around for the day and it takes 20 minutes tops to throw together a decent dinner around here. Um, you know, we're not doing super complicated recipes all of the time. We do fun things like that every so often. Which we'll is make another hack new. is rather than going out for ice cream, you can actually create a meal with your family, even if it's pizza night. Yeah, like we'll do it It's not together. the best thing in the world, but you know, you're throwing some veggies on a pizza, you're getting your hands in the dough, get some whole grain dough and have fun with your kids. It's an experience, but you know, that's how we view our nutrition when it comes to the food quality. Um, and then as far as like quantity, we are people who track macros in certain phases of life. This is what we educate our clients on. And, you know, we use macros as a tool to educate you on what you're putting in your body. That's it's one of the best ways to really learn serving sizes, to really learn what your body needs as far as protein, carbs and fats and total calories and fiber. So you can get to that optimal place of really feeling your best, of course, but also reaching the goals that you have. So, you know, if you have specific goals like fat loss or gaining muscle mass, you will benefit from tracking macros, even if it's for a short period of time. But what we also like to tell our prospective clients and our clients in general is you shouldn't have to track for the rest of your life. We started tracking a decade ago. 2014 is really when we learned about 
tracking macros and flexible dieting and all of that stuff. And we've tracked on and off since then. Um, but I would say the last five years, it's more so been off than on because you get to the point where you are that much more educated about the food that you're eating that you don't really need to track and you can still eat mindfully and eat with intention. It's not that we're not thinking about what we're eating. It's just that it's become more of a habit to eat this way because we put in the the time learning to track and spending time tracking and learning what portion sizes look like and it takes time it's not something that happens overnight or in a couple weeks we spent a good five years pretty much tracking you know throughout that time through different seasons of life through powerlifting meets through a bulking phase through various cuts and reverse diets and there's there is power in going through all of those phases to really figure out what is best for your body and I think that's the other thing a lot of people are hoping to skip is that exper- experimentation stage, right? We are all individual and there are basic principles that we can implement, but for you to really find your stride and figure out your flow with nutrition and with training and with all of these different things, it's going to take time and that's okay. I feel like as a society, we've we've sort of just kind of looked down upon things taking taking time or experimenting or even failing at certain things like if you do something and it it turns out not being the thing that feels right for you in the long term that's okay and you still are able to learn and grow from doing that so don't be afraid to experiment but at the same time always come back around to your basic principles that you know will add value to your life and get you closer to your goals the whole concept with tracking, it's the most accurate way to achieve a specific goal. If you're trying to gain weight, if you're trying to lose weight, gain muscle, lose fat, to be more specific, it is the most accurate way to do so. But while you're doing that, you're also, like she mentioned, learning what portion sizes look like and also your intuitive cues. What does this amount of food feel like? If I'm in a maintenance phase, how do I feel? I'm not overly full. I'm not starving. You know, listening to those little things on top of the visual components to understand, okay, when I'm done, when I've reached my goal, I'm not tracking calories, I'm not tracking macros the rest of my life. What does this look like? What does this feel like? What are the choices I'm making? And this is that subconscious subconscious effect where you fully understand from an intuitive perspective what you need to do every day to feel really good mentally, physically, emotionally, to maintain your physique, to not slowly decline year after year after year. Even without, you know, uh, stressing about numbers and about specific foods, you can just become more aware of the foods that you feel best consuming, what those portion sizes are, and how you feel at each meal, what you're doing throughout the day, kind of taking it from a general perspective, again, not specific to nutrition. These are the things that we're working on, not just specific targets, but the subliminal layer, the habits the intuitive approach. So as you're going through these different phases, as you're experimenting with different things, pay attention to your biofeedback and take note of the way that you're doing certain things so you can continue those practices without even thinking about it down the road. Yeah, your nutrition should never be just about macros. And if someone is making you believe that it's just about having the perfect set of macros and not focusing on anything else, run fast away from that person because like Josh just said there are so many other aspects that factor into your nutrition and 
into your long-term success with your nutrition. So it's not just about what are my macros. It's not just about what should my calories be. There is so much more that plays into how you feel and how you are progressing towards your goals. So understand that. And that is that's literally why we created SD Evolution. It's literally why we do what we do because anybody can plug your stats into a macro calculator and spit numbers at you, that's not going to get you anywhere. Or it might get you somewhere for a little bit and then it's going to be like, well, now what? So understand that it's a spectrum and understand that there's a bigger picture that you need to focus on if you truly want to make this a lifestyle. We've touched on the first couple. Let's dive into very briefly because we have full episodes on this, but diversity of what we're consuming, right? So you've heard eat the rainbow. Um, we've actually given, um, clients instructions to just close their eyes and run through the produce produce aisle, or if their eyes are open, you know, pick something, one new thing, two new things every single week that they've never had before consuming different types of, you know, plants specifically is allowing us to consume different types of fiber and every different source of fiber we consume feeds a different species of your gut microbiota. And each of those different species has its own superpower. Now, some regulate hormones, some can literally produce their own vitamins, some are gonna help you regulate sleep. They are, it, digestion is just one very small benefit to having optimal gut health. Your gut health is connected to your mental health. Your gut health is connected to your immunity. What is it, 60% or is it, I forget what the number is, 60 or 70% of all of your immune cells are in your gut. I don't know. You're the gut guy. Yeah. I believe it's 60 to 70%. Um, it's ridiculous. So if your gut is off, there's a reason why we're all sick all the time. And it's not just the jab you got a couple years ago. It's everything else that you consume on a daily basis. That was a joke. We're all, we're vaccinated. We stopped. We're not getting the boosters, but for those of you who are still sensitive, we are not anti-vax. We're not anti-vax. We're just, we're all set. We're all done. Anywho, your gut does so many things for your overall health and you know, the way we, the easiest way that we can improve our gut health is to consume different sources of plants. And when I, what I was, what is a plant? It's not just a fruit. It's not just a vegetable. It's literally anything that grows from the ground. So the reason I kind of jumped in on the herbs and spices thing is you can literally consider herbs and spices, different sources of plants, the plant point, um, concept we borrowed from Megan Rossi, eat yourself healthy. That's her book is for every different herb or spice you consume, you put on your meal, throw it on your eggs is a quarter quarter point so let's say you put four different herbs or spices on your on your whatever it's one point so all this different diversity it's feeding those different species so most of us i believe the number was seven grams of fiber per day is the average american intake when you have people around the world consuming 50 to 100 um single digits is a disgusting number and it is if you're conscious about it, it's extremely hard to do is to keep it under 10 grams per day. So as you become aware, start tracking fiber, just see where it is. Even if you're just penciling it in on your phone or on a notebook, um, figure out where you're starting from and you don't want to ramp it up immediately. You want to go low and slow because if you go from zero to a hundred, you are going to be extremely uncomfortable, a ton of bloating. Um, so let, let those guys adapt slowly five to 10 grams per day, increase that on average per week. So if you're at, make it easy, you're at 10 grams this week, next week average 15 to 20 per day, the following week 20 to 25 maybe. And as long as you don't feel any discomfort building up, any additional bloating, gas, 
you can continue on that trend. If you do feel that starting to happen, just level it off for that week. Keep it where you were for an additional week. Let everything adapt. Um, one small thing that we just, we don't think about. We think about calories. Maybe we're thinking about, you know, my, our multivitamin or eating some fruits and veggies, but not just getting them in, but diversifying those sources is a massive, massive beneficial factor that we need to start paying attention to. And this is also why we don't love meal plans. So a lot of people will come, not not really anymore. We haven't gotten this in a while. But, you know, if you're somebody out there looking for a meal plan, the fact that you're eating the same exact thing for days and weeks on end is probably not the best for your gut either. So this is where that nutrient diversity and that plant diversity comes into play too because, you know, a meal plan number one is not teaching you anything. You're just following instructions, right? Um, and number two, it's not giving you that diversity. So it might work, quote unquote, um, but it's not going to work for your gut in the long term. So that's just a little side note on meal plans and a side note on, you know, why you should try to swap out. You can keep your general bulk of your meals the same, but just swap out your your plants swap out instead of having for example raspberries with your breakfast say you had raspberries today tomorrow make it blackberries the next day strawberries and blueberries the next day a golden kiwi um you know just swap out the things that can be swapped fairly easy and keep like like let's say if you had eggs like you can keep those eggs and maybe one day you do a scramble with spinach and feta cheese and the next day you do a scramble with mushrooms and peppers or you know just get creative in that sense while keeping your the the protein and the bulk of your meals similar that's a hack around having the same quote-unquote meals while still getting in that nutrient diversity. Yeah, make a little stir fry. Throw a bunch of different veggies in with some onions and garlic and peppers and sprinkle out, you know, two or three more things. Throw that on any meat with some olive oil and some seasonings, herbs and spices. Man, you're golden. That is the natural condiment. It is tastes way better than anything else you could put on there. Uh, let's talk eating windows. Do we recommend a specific eating window? You know, intermittent fasting, fasting. I've I've played with it. I've played with, you know, tighter windows. I've played with fasting specifically as well. Um, right now, the only real timing aspects that I pay attention to, and in general, this is what you can kind of take home. You want to not consume, you want to move away from the bodybuilder type of, of situation where you're eating every two hours. If that is you, please stop. Um, you want to have a minimum of three hours between meals. So ideally, meals spread three to four, four and a half hours apart. And then not eating close to bedtime. So what is the purpose of spreading them out further? There's a mechanism. It's a gut sweeping mechanism that happens at that three hour mark. So that growling you feel, that's not just your body telling you that it's hungry. That's actually a, the most physical manifestation of this sweep mechanism. It doesn't always happen like that. But what it's doing is removing a bunch of dead cells, a bunch of bacteria from your gut. And that can't happen if you're eating every two hours. It's that minimum three where that starts to take place and... If you are consuming meals prior to that, you're snacking. That's why snacking can be tough. If you're eating a meal and then snacking an hour or two later and then having your next meal, you can't have that taking place. And that's where we start to see some of these gut issues happen, specifically with like something like SIBO, so small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. If we're not getting that sweeping factor helping keep things clean, that's when we start to see those things kind of trend in. So that's the three to four and a half hour mark. And then stopping eating 
at least two, ideally three hours before bedtime. Um, that was probably the biggest change that I made that I noticed when I was dealing with Barrett's esophagus and, you know, still dealing with, with, uh, you know, just making sure I'm managing that properly just to stay healthy. I used to sleep with a wedge pillow, but if we stop eating a few hours before bed, you're going to sleep so much better. That digestion isn't going to impair your sleep cycles. You're going to sleep deeper. The, that was the biggest thing I noticed was actually sleeping through the night. Um, if I eat closer to bedtime, I wake up a couple times feeling a little bit off. My stomach doesn't feel great. Um, but if I have, if I have that three hour period, I'm golden. Like I will sleep through the night, which is kind of wild. Cause that has not happened for the majority of my life. Um, and you're actually allowing your body to kind of fully digest when you're sleeping, your body isn't absorbing nutrients as, as well. And you know, people will say, Oh, you drink your casein shake. That was me casein shake right before bed. So you're going to digest throughout the night. It's not ideal. You're not max. Your body isn't going to sleep, focusing on digesting and processing these nutrients. It's trying to rest and recover. Um, so allowing your body to do that and having this little digestive break there is very, very helpful. Someone recently asked me to this past week, why don't you train fasted? And they were saying that they'd wake up and train fasted early because they also have a, a baby at home and they just have to go out and get it done. I've also experimented with this numerous times over the years. Um, and really the main reason I don't like to do that when I have specific goals, like gaining muscle, getting stronger, I mean, I always have specific training goals, right? Um, so I don't like doing that because I don't perform as well. And as somebody who really likes to focus on performance and focus on improving in the gym and, you know, getting my pull-ups back and getting my deadlift numbers up and really just feeling my best in the gym, which is so exciting and satisfying in itself, um, if I'm not fueled properly, I don't perform as well. And when I'm training early especially when I'm training early, I need some type of fuel. So lately what I've been doing this week, I started working out in the morning again, the last four days or so. Um, I'll just wake up and I'll have one of Kai's go-go squeeze applesauce packets. They're, they're awesome. They're literally just applesauce or it's applesauce mixed with another fruit. Um, I'll just down that really quick. I think it's like, I don't even know how many carbs, 15 or 20. It's not even that much, but it's enough to get me going, to give me some energy, to give me that little boost. That way I'm performing at my optimal level versus when I train fasted. I will say the only time I don't mind training fasted is when I wake up and if I'm doing cardio that day. So if I'm hopping on the Peloton or doing a shorter run and not a long distance run. Um, so by short, I mean anything under like three miles or so. I usually do pretty okay with training fasted. Um, that's really the only time I'll do it. But if it's lifting, if I'm being intentional about programming, I have to have something in my body. And on the days that I do train fasted, I will make sure to eat right after that cardio session or right after whatever I'm doing um, just because I don't want to extend that too long and I want to be able to recover and sleep well and just feel my best. So that's my two cents. That being said, if you are the person who does have that energy crash after eating, if you are that person who literally has to get up, get it done before everything else gets in the way, training fasted is your ideal choice. If, if that's what you have to do to be consistent, consistency is the most important factor there, then keep doing it. So yep. it's not a huge no-no. It's not entirely a no-no. It's not optimal, 
but you can still see progress doing so. And I was doing that for a while because that was the only period that I had to myself. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't specifically focusing on gaining. So especially if you're maintaining, if you're in a weight loss phase, we want to optimize performance at all point, our, all periods that we can anyway, but you're probably okay. Um, I would just like, what had me going was I would wake up, I would start chugging my electrolytes and I'd chug a full glass of water and then my electrolytes. So I was fully hydrated and I noticed I did well maintaining performance. Um, it wasn't until I stopped training fasted recently, um, baby came mixing up the schedule a little bit that I noticed I am significantly stronger when I'm eating food, but I did do very well maintaining strength and I felt fantastic after the workout training fasted, just having those electrolytes. Like that was my cup of coffee. I did not need caffeine for the rest of the day. I, I performed fine. Um, and that was a Kickstarter. So all that being said, it's not optimal, but if that's what you need to do or that's what you feel best doing, that's the thing. Make it work. Experiment, try both options and don't just do it for like one day, like spend two weeks doing fasted and then spend two weeks having something quick. It doesn't have to be a full blown meal. Have some carbs, some easy carbs before you go out there and just see what makes you feel better and what makes you perform better. It's going to be a little bit different for everybody. And like Josh said, if you do whatever you can do to be consistent with getting out there in the first place, but if you have that wiggle room and if you think you can feel a little bit better, try it the other way and see if it makes a difference. Anything else? I think we touched on a good portion of our nutrition philosophy. I can't really think of anything that we're missing off the top of my head. So prioritizing whole foods, if you're tracking or not tracking, just paying attention to what you're consuming. Um, fiber diversity, nutrient diversity, optimal meal windows, just giving yourself that three to four and a half hour break, not eating right before bedtime. And that is as simple as it gets, guys. Like there are different things we'll play with and that's something to kind of pay attention to too. If there is something that you are interested in and again, you can see yourself doing for the longer term, try it. It feels great continue it. If it doesn't stop doing it, not the end of the world. Um, but again, this isn't sexy. There's, there's nothing special about what we just talked about. It's getting back to the basics. It's focusing on the basics and allowing that to create this maintainable system for you. Because when things are maintainable, you're not changing variables all the time. You can make adjustments to those variables that you are consistent with to achieve a specific goal to build muscle, to lose fat, to maintain your ideal physique or to maintain when, when life is just nuts and you want to not, you know, free fall back to the beginning. This is as simple as it gets. And this is the way that it should be. And there's a lot of shit out there that's confusing to you because it's sexy, it's flashy marketing, do this, this specific thing is going to get you to your goal. There is no such thing as a one size fits all. And anyone who tries to sell you that is full of shit. If they have one sexy method that they can adapt to your lifestyle, great. Again, go try that. If you can see yourself doing that because it fits for the longer term, try it. Experiment. Give it some time. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But don't reach for those things. Don't throw your hands up in the air because you haven't seen progress. Most of you have not seen progress because you have not committed to a specific protocol that you will continue for the rest of your life. That is step one. What do you enjoy doing? How can you manipulate certain things to achieve a specific goal? And that's what we talk about with the SD Evolution Method, the SDE Method. You know, we have a full podcast episode a couple back. That is our method. That is our blueprint. 
but that is not a one size fits all component. It's not one specific set of targets for everybody. They're buckets, they're pillars, training, nutrition, mindset, movement, and habits. And we build protocols in each of those pillars for our clients that are going to add value to their lives while allowing them to reach specific goals. So again, we're giving you guys this content to, you know, if you want to try this on your own, that's what we talked about. I believe it was at the last episode or was that this episode? It's all blurring together. Free content. That was last episode. So free content, the things we're putting out to you guys to utilize on your own if you see fit, if you think you can do this on your own. And you never reach out to us to to work with us, that's great. You were able to apply it. But these are the things we do. We give you the the blueprint. If you want the more efficient way to do things, you know, we want to build these protocols, but what's gonna make the most sense? What's gonna be the most bang for your buck? That's when you can reach out to us, you know, if you guys see the see the fit there and, and you want to have that conversation, that's what we're here for. So giving you guys as much value as we can. And if down the road you ever need some help, you ever want that personalized approach. That's what we do. That's the evolution. So I believe we're going to wrap it up there. Where can they find you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. Oh, real quick. Last episode, we started this. The free content we talked about. We're going to be putting out a bunch of free content. We're going to be putting out some very low-cost content um, comparative to what we offer with SD Evolution. Again, giving you guys as much value and as many tools as we can to improve your lives with the hope that if you ever need help in the future, you reach out to us. So there is no obligation to it. There are no strings attached. The There is no, uh, what's the catch? The catch is you keep us in mind if you ever need help in the future. If you don't, please just take these things and use them to your fullest ability and you know build the life, create the goals, achieve those goals um, completely on your own. We are so happy with that. We fully believe that any good you put out in the world will find its way back to us in some way, shape, or form. So that's all we're doing. We're going to give you guys these free tools. This is a new a new setup. There's some things, you know, churning on the back burner right now. Those are the things that we're discussing. Those are the things that are going to come out. So, if you want instant access to those once they go live, there is going to be an email intake form in the description here. Just throw in your info. As soon as those things come out, you're going to be added to that list and you'll be able to uh to get those things without even looking for it. Boom. It's just going to show up at your doorstep. So she's at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else is linked in the show notes. That email box, the email form will be in the show notes as well. We will catch you guys in the next one.